Hey, everybody. Dave Hagen here. Today, we're going to talk about emails, emails, emails. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast, Coronavirus Edition. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody. Thank you, Nick, and welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast. This is Dave Hagan. We are coming to you from, wow, Topanga, California today, Van Nuys, California, our engineer, Scott. And from San Diego, California, Nick Appel. Nick, how you doing? Dave, doing great. Just uh, recovering after a great July 4th. I, I hope you and the family had a good July 4th. Yeah, yeah I hope it had like uh, not a lot of fireworks and stuff in it for you, eh? Not a lot. And also, uh, you know, the beaches were partly closed. So I just went over to my girlfriends and we had a great time. No, that's nice. Yeah, we just hung out together you know, had some good food and some good drink in the backyard. And, and that was enough. That was enough this year. You know, um, all the beaches were closed or mostly closed in Southern California. Uh, they didn't have any firework shows. Uh, we were going to go see a show uh, and they, they canceled it just a couple of days before and, and probably they should. Uh, we're in a situation right now where, gosh, that, that, you know, infection rate just keeps growing and it's frustrating as can be. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very frustrating. And, you know, I just wish there was just a black or white answer. But as the time progresses, I feel like there's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here we, you know, we had kind of conquered this or substantially conquered it. And we had a lot of maintenance still to do. And then other issues came up that have been very difficult for everybody to deal with. And, and now it seems like we're back to the coronavirus. It's like, it just doesn't let up. It's pretty brutal. Very brutal. Well, let's do this. Let's talk about some emails. We haven't done emails for a couple of uh, weeks now, and they've they've kind of built up. I think we've got some interesting things going on, and and they do uh, uh, relate to the the coronavirus. So, uh, Nick, why don't you read that first email that uh, we had talked about? Sure. Uh, this email comes from Jeff. It's a little bit long, so just be patient with me. It says, hi, Dave, this is Jeff checking in after listening to the emergency fund issue. I thought I'd update you on how we're doing during coronavirus and online shopping and handling the incoming products. Firstly, in the garage, I have an area where we have six pairs of gardening gloves laid out. For our Amazon Fresh deliveries, we open the garage as soon as the driver arrives and we ask him or her to leave the groceries in the driveway. Wearing the gloves... The bags are brought into the garage. The products are removed from the bags and brought into the kitchen and placed on area of the countertop reserved for incoming groceries. The bags that were containing the produce, which were left in the garage, are placed in the trash and the gloves removed and placed at the end of the queue on the bench containing the other five pairs. Woo, this is a long process. I then go into the kitchen and using kitchen towel sprayed with bleach, wipe down everything except the produce 
and place the clean items on another area of the bench. Then the incoming section of the countertop where the groceries were initially placed is wiped down with bleach. Finally, I wash my hands for 20 seconds. Incoming mail and Amazon boxes are placed in the garage and not touched for 24 hours. This may be overkill. Hope you are all well and we are enjoying the shows. Jeff. Oh, wow. I know Jeff. Jeff's, I consider him a friend and I know he's a big fan of the show. He listens in all the time. And, uh, you know, this email came in, what, about two, three weeks ago, actually, maybe even three, four weeks ago when we were uh, on the the flat side of the curve, we had flattened it out. And um, I was listening to this, this protocol or reading this protocol that Jeff was going through. And I was thinking, Jeff, 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 this sounds so, this sounds so complicated. But now, now that the infection rates are starting to spike up, maybe it seems like a good thing. What do you think, Nick? I, I think it's better safe than sorry. Um, I yeah. think if Jeff is doing what he thinks is safe and it eases his mind, I think he's doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, six pairs of gloves or, or whatever, all laid out on a, on a workbench and, and all that. I mean, are you going through this much? Uh, I know you're a pretty uh, uh, safety conscious guy. Are you going through all that? I like to think I'm safety conscious, but this is just not what I would do. Yeah. I, I, I do you know, wear masks, but when it comes to gloves, I don't wear gloves because I wash my hands more frequently. Yeah. And I understand his concern. However, coronavirus is, you know, it, it's still very prevalent yeah. and it doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. And we don't even have a vaccine yet. And so I, I think what Jeff is doing is perfectly fine. Right. And it's getting mostly um, elderly people, but, you know, also prime time people as well, children as well. I mean, it's just a tough time out there right now. You know, here we thought we had it beat and people weren't really paying attention all the way. And and now now the rates are rising and it's 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 pretty darn difficult, pretty darn difficult. You know what I did? I went out and um, gave blood. You know why, Nick? Surprised me, Dave. <laughs> well, they always need blood, and you try and do it periodically. You get a, you get a free um, um, antibody test. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, right now the Red Cross is doing like a free antibody test, and so they'll take your blood, and um, you know they'll they'll send you the results in about a week. So who knows? Maybe I'm invincible. <laughs> you, you know what I, I i think it's great i always think it's great to give blood um as often as you can and you know if if you're concerned at all about the virus here's your chance to get a free test no absolutely it just seemed like uh, a nice way to accomplish two objectives at once and and um uh, you know a lot of times you can have this virus and not even know it who knows i mean Maybe, maybe you've got the antibodies and, and um, they say you're not necessarily guaranteed to be invincible, but I, I got to think that um, it's, it's worth something and a lot of people are, are getting tests. So that might, be, that might be a good thing to do. So everybody go out there and give blood and uh, get that free antibody test. And uh, just to piggyback off that, I was just writing a paper last weekend and one of the facts I put in the paper, which I thought was interesting, is that it's estimated that 25% of the people who test positive for coronavirus are asymptomatic. And so like what you were just saying, 
how people might not have symptoms. They might not even think that they have it, but they still get tested. And what do you know? One out of four are positive. Right. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. And it seems to me that there's some ways that, I mean, this is just Dave Hagen talking. I'm not a doctor, but some ways that we're, you know, we could reduce the risk that we come in contact with the virus. I mean, it seems to me that you could pick it up on your shoes, walk into your house. It could get into your house. You, you, you know, you, you lay down to wrestle around with the dog a little bit, and now you got it up in your, your face or these boxes. I mean, I don't, I don't quarantine the boxes. I, I, I want to tear into them. I want to get that uh, imperfect produce, you know, get it cooking, or I want to get that uh, t-shirt or whatever that I ordered. And um, I don't let it sit out there. And I, I probably should. I probably should. You know, I was um, uh, listening to what was it Saturday Night Live, and they were doing tips on how to deal with uh, packages that are delivered. Did you see that? No, uh, I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> it, was, it was just killing me. I forget which, um, um, you know, which comedian did it. But they basically said, you know, hey, when it comes in, you know, put it right down by the front door. And, you know, spray, spray it all down with some uh, chlorine, chlorine or some Clorox or some bleach or whatever, and then it sit there for a day. And then, uh, you know, call the delivery service and make them take it back because you don't want it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, I thought kind of a clever take on that. But, yeah, I think we've got to be a little thoughtful about these boxes, about our shoes, about those kinds of things. Um but we just can't go nuts either. I just got such a, a, a tickle out of, of Jeff's procedure because obviously it worked for him and certainly there's nothing wrong with it, but it was, hmm, do I want to say thorough? Very thorough, Jeff. So um, pretty cool, pretty cool. Do you wash your food when it, when it comes from the market? I don't, well, veggies, yeah, like yeah. produce. Yeah. But, you know, that's just a common standard that I right. usually do. It, it when, when you're at the market, you don't know who picks up, you know, a tomato. You don't know who picks up a cucumber. You don't know who picks it up. And it's like, you know what? Here's one little blemish. I'm not going to take it. You yeah. don't know where their hands have been. And also, you, you don't know where Ralph's or Trader Joe's, you don't know who their supplier is. You just don't know. And you, you can't be safe enough. So yeah. I, I, I think everyone should be washing their food before they use it or cook it. Yeah. Probably a good thing. Probably, and I, you know, I don't even worry about, you know, the the people that are involved in the the distribution um, of the of the food so much. But what about just someone walking through the store and they they sneeze and it's someone that doesn't wear a mask? You know, now you now you've got stuff all over your vegetables. You eat it; it's not going to hurt you because your your digestive system, they say, will kill that virus. But you pick it up, you handle it, it it rolls onto the t- countertop. Blah 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 blah. Now you potentially uh, have yourself an issue. So yeah, I think we've got to be thoughtful. I think we've got to be careful. And apparently we haven't been careful enough and, um, that can affect your financial wellness. Your not only your wellness, but your financial wellness. Somebody's I mean, out for. Yeah. Like, like what if you get sick? Yeah. No. Now you got bill. Now you got bills to pay Yeah. when they could have been avoided. Right. Right, right. And certainly, oh my goodness, if you're not feeling well, don't show up or employers out there, if someone calls in sick, I mean, at this point, tell them, please stay at home. Oh my goodness gracious, because we just don't need it moving around. Apparently it's pretty, um, you know, pretty mobile, pretty mobile. Nick, have you noticed, 
how much communication with another human being happens in the lower part of our faces. I mean, talking to someone in a mask is such a um, um, less expressive, um, less successful communication. Um, take me to school, uh, Professor Hagen. No, uh, I t- mean, tell me all about it. I mean, I've just kind of <laughs> noticed. I mean, you know, part of the whole expression, um, uh, you know, is is somebody's eyes, but also somebody's mouth, and the little the little quirk of the the corner of the the mouth or the. Um, the movement of the lips or something like that. I mean, remember a couple of shows ago, we were talking about this um, uh, professor emeritus from uh, UCLA that was talking about the fact that, what was it, 97% of our communication or 93% of our communication was nonverbal. And if you take half of the head out of that communication, I think it becomes much more difficult, especially if you're trying to make a funny or cute comment. Like- yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, imagine talking to someone and you say a joke and you can't tell if they're smiling. Right. You How can't do you know tell if they're funny? digging it or if exactly. they're ready to cuss you out or something, <laughs> if they're offended or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, we go into, uh, you know, going to Starbucks and uh, the baristas are always a lot of fun just to talk to while they're whipping up your coffee and what have you. And, um, you know, you crack a joke or you want to ask them something and they just, it's, it's just a very drab communication doing it just through the eyes. You know, it seems to me, if you didn't want to talk to anybody all day long, you could have a little microphone behind your mask with about six stock comments. And when anyone, uh, <laughs> and when anyone says anything, you hit a button and the, you know, the, the speaker goes, yes, sir. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I have that on my iPhone, on my iPhone to where I can't answer a phone call. It says um, like, uh, like ignore, but send a message and it brings uh-huh. up like five boilerplate things. Yeah. Like I can't talk right now. Can I call you later? So that, that made me think of that. Yeah, that would exactly, that would work exactly the same way. But yeah, I mean, that'd be interesting because someone wouldn't even be needing to move their mouth, but they would be communicating in a, in a boring kind of way. Right. Now think about that for the upcoming um, presidential election. Let's say, let's pretend for a minute that both candidates wear masks. Are we getting in the politics today? No, I, not at all. I thought this was a politics-free show. But they could be rolling a speech behind their mask, right? Well, and no I, one I, would know. No one well, would know. I, you know, this is just uh, Nick Appel's interpretation, but I think uh, some people might like if um, one or more of the what will be the the nominees could just have six um, six automatic sayings compared to uh, a, a ramble onto something that uh, the person should not be rambling onto. Yeah, yeah, you just cut them off, you know. Hey, one other thing I wanted to uh, I want to circle back to uh, Jeff's email. Um, you know, something else, Jeff. If it works for you, do it. If it gets you through the night, do it. You know, if somebody else says, well, that's overkill, so what? Do what makes you comfortable and you're not going to worry. And if if you take a few more additional risk points off the chart and you're happy about it, I think that's a great thing. But it it was a pretty complicated um, scenario. A lot going on there over at uh, Jeff's house. A lot going on. Thanks for the email, Jeff. We love it that you are keeping in touch with us. We appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure that we will hear from you soon. Hey, let's do another email, Nick. You got it.
All right, Dave. So this is from Sarah. Sarah says, Dave, I would like to ask you a question about my career. I'm 45, married, and my kids are grown and gone. My husband has a full-time job. I've worked in the travel industry for the same company for 22 years. I was recently furloughed for six months by the company due to the coronavirus. They are nice enough to provide health insurance during this time, but my husband and myself have to fend for ourselves for the next six months. This seems inherently unfair. I really like my job, but do you think I should look for another one? I just really would like to hear your thoughts on this. Thank you, Sarah. Wow, Sarah, that's a tough beef. They just lay off for six months. Um, but on the other hand, what are they going to do if they continue to pay people and they don't have uh, uh, money coming in? You know, they're going to be out of business pretty quick. Didn't uh, didn't she say travel industry? Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the travel industry is going to be, you know, just so severely hurt from this because, I mean, think about it. You want to get on a crowded airplane packed with people. And I know they have air cleaners and I know that they've got all these preventative measures and da, 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 da. But to be shoulder to shoulder to shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of people right now just doesn't seem like a good proposition. Well, Dave, I mean, I, I don't think it necessarily has to be, you know, an airplane. I mean, I, I mean, it just says travel industry. It could be a cruise line. True. I mean, we don't know when cruises are yeah. going to be back, you right. know, r running full steam, pun intended. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cruises even more. I mean, they, they, they put a lot of people on those ships. And uh, I mean, that's part of the fun of it when they're rocking and rolling, but it's shoulder to shoulder. And you kind of wonder about being so close to many people like that. I remember the first time we went on a first cruise ever, and it was only about five, six years ago. And the first couple of days, you know, they've got people walking around, you know, wiping everything. And it's like, well, what's going on? And they go, well, you know, we're worried about people bringing in, uh, you know, flu and this and that the first couple of days after 48 hours, we think we're pretty much in the clear, but uh, I was going, wow, I never thought about that. That'd be brutal to be stuck on a, uh, stuck on a ship like that. Yeah. I mean, that would cause me a lot of trepidation. My, my anxiety, I already have bad anxiety. Thanks law school, but you know, it, it would just be flying through the roof. And I, I, I don't know I love cruising. I think it's the ultimate vacation. You don't have to worry about where you're staying, all your food's provided for you. But right now, without a vaccine, I, I can't even think about going on a cruise. No, can you imagine? And it was tough enough, uh, you know, during regular times. I remember we went on a cruise and we we stopped at a place and, um, you know, we we tasted this or that, some of the local cuisine, and all of a sudden, gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. And I said, well, I got to go back to the boat. And uh, I left half a lunch on the street. And I was oh, worried that no. they were going to, yeah, I was worried that they were going to like quarantine me. Right. So I just stayed in the room, stayed cool. And it turns out it was more of a food poisoning than a virus or anything, but um, golly Molly, it's uncomfortable to be in that close of quarters and, you know, not feeling like you're in uh, here's another cliche tip top shape. You know, I also think that there's one other issue that we should address yeah. for Sarah is, you, you know, right now it says the furloughs for six months, but we don't know what's going to happen in six months. Right. In, in six months, we could still not have a vaccine and the company would say to the employees or the workers, hey, I, we're sorry, we have no income coming in. Right. We, we, need, we need to furlough you for a longer period of time. How, right. how do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, we don't know. Again, two, three weeks ago, we thought, no, no, six months back, everyone, we're going to be fine. I don't know. I mean, we, we just don't know. And that's part of the heck of it at this point. 
you know, we, we just don't know how long it's going to be. Fortunately, Sarah's got her, um, her health care, and that's pretty cool. Um, you know, my advice to Sarah would be, you know, if, if you can get um, some kind of uh, unemployment benefits, great. If the health care prevents that or makes it an issue, then, you know, maybe you can go out and get some work. You can fill in the gaps. Um, you can use this time to generate money or, or to look around. I think for Sarah, a lot of it depends on how much do you like this gig? How much do you like this work? Is it worth it to preserve your place at the company to go out and do something in the interim? Or if you're not completely 100% or maybe 1,000% satisfied, is there something else that you can use that time to do, like find something else that's a better gig? I think a lot of people whose jobs came back, you know, just recently um, are, have moved on to other things. So when they call them up and go, Hey, you want to come back? They go, no, I, I found a job that actually pays half again more. So I, and, I think there's a lot of movement out there. And, and what really caught my eye the most, Dave, is she's been with the same company for 22 years. Right. Incredible. I mean, she's 45. That's basically half her life. I mean, if if I have ever seen loyalty, this is loyalty. If I was an employer and I was hiring and I saw this kind of loyalty, I would instantly grab her and say, "Please come here. We'll, we'll give you a, a a great compensation and everything." Sure. sure. I I mean, but I also like options, and I, I would say Sarah, just you know, maybe just go look. It doesn't hurt to look, and if you have the free time, why not? Well, and after that many years, I think you're exactly right. Um, maybe it is time to look around a little bit and you'll either appreciate even more what you got or you'll realize that, uh, Sarah, maybe you were getting a little stagnant. So maybe this is just a nice um, kind of gentle kick in the butt to get you to go out and look. Who knows? Who knows? You're going to have to make that decision yourself based upon your career and your personal satisfaction and the compensation, et cetera, et cetera. But um you know, for a company to have to do that, it is super unfortunate, especially to someone who's been so loyal to the company. But uh, if they feel that they have to do that, well, I mean, so be it. You know, they got to do what they got to do and you got to do what you got to do. So, it's you know, I would look at it as more of an opportunity than a, you know, than a, than a negative thing. But it certainly creates some stress, some anxiety. Um, you know, while you're looking through these different options and hopefully, 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 um, you know, Sarah's got some emergency fund put together. She didn't talk about that in her email, but we talked about that three weeks ago and last year and the year before the importance of having an emergency fund. And if she does, that's going to give her the flexibility to make a decision that's based upon her long-term goals rather than a short-term monetary need. I definitely agree. And as you just mentioned, we think an emergency fund is very serious and everyone should have one and we're alluding to it again. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, if part of Sarah's compensation is she gets free cruises, you brought up the cruise, <laughs> Nick. free cruises. I don't know. Hang in there. You know, you don't want to lose those free cruises and all that seniority and all that kind of stuff. Cause that cruising is good stuff. Well, also, uh, and if, you know, she is in uh, the airline business, I believe, and is a flight attendant pilot. Uh, you know, uh, I believe uh, flight attendants get a companion pass. So right. her and her husband, um, 
can fly for free. So, right. I mean, I, I mean, there's benefits that are just involved with the business. And I, I just feel like we might need some more information. And if Sarah wants to write a file, fo- follow up, I'm, I'm sure we'd be happy to help her further. Drop in a few more facts. We'll be happy to, uh, you know, kibitz from the sideline and, and give her some more things to think about. All right, Sarah, thank you so much for writing in. We hope that gives you some things to think about. Hey, you know what? I think that's a wrap. Those two emails took us a whole show. Nick, I want to thank you for dropping in and joining us. Uh, Brian Reed will be back next week too. Everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, keep sending in those emails, or if you want to send in a an audio email, go to the website, thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com, and hit the record button, and that recorded question will go right to my cell phone. We'll answer it on a future show. Hey, thanks for listening. Come back next week. Nick's got some stuff that he wants to talk about. (laughs) This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.